welcome back to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Becky. I'm Tash. And I'm Emma. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Episode 24. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my god, did you just hear my dog What was that? Have you got a demon with you? Poppy just did the biggest burp ever. <laughs> I heard it. I was, that sounded like you got, got a little demon sat next to you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, and I got my uh, psychic reading done, didn't I? Oh, oh yeah, did, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know what to make of it. It was really weird. I think it's bollocks. <laughs> but- <laughs> it was really weird. I think it's a load of shit. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but I'm not a hundred. I'm not a hundred percent sure that it's bollocks. I'm like eighty percent sure it was bollocks. How do you feel now, like after a few days of like having been able to process it? Because quite often those things, like they're quite emotional when you're listening to it, and then when you mull over it for a few days, maybe you feel differently. The first thing that got me is at no point did I cry. Now. If I'd have really thought at any point that I was actually talking to somebody who was talking to my dad, I would have yeah. cried. Yeah. And I didn't at all. Yeah. She didn't give me any information before I asked a question, which I find if you're asking a certain type of question, you're kind of already giving the answer. Do you uh-huh. see what I mean? Yeah. She never gave any specific names apart from the names that I'd already given her. She, ne- Yeah, the... She did get a lot right, you know, but I think people that do this, I don't know, they're very good at reading people and situations, etc., aren't they? So I'm just still very, I don't doubt her abilities, because who am I to say? I'm just very dubious about it being over the phone. That's, that's my, that's where my stance type thing, because like I've had readings and have sat there and cried the whole time. And yeah. kind of like you say about the question thing, like I didn't ask any questions because I was very much like, it was one of my friends that did it for me. And I was just like, let's just see what the cards bring up. And it was, you know, somebody came through and... Well, I didn't know you could talk to spirit through tarot well, cards. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, like, I think she, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs, but she did my cards, and then, obviously, she um, can also connect with other people. Cool. Yeah. Mm. So, the other thing that put me off a bit is I paid for a half an hour uh, reading, and I was kind of expecting that she was going to give me messages or things that my dad wanted to say to me, which she didn't. It was me asking questions and then getting getting the answers, which, you know, to be fair, she did answer properly. First thing that puts me off, there was no mention of my children. Now, I, I'm pretty sure my dad, the first thing he would have mentioned would be my kids because he would have been the proudest granddad. He, he was oh. just... He was just bursting with pride when we had Maddie. So the fact that there's mm. now two, you know, he, he would have mentioned them. But after about 15 minutes, she then went on to a completely different subject of telling me what's ahead of everybody, like that we're all in for this massive world crisis, that there's going to be a huge famine and that we all need to start stockpiling and stuff. And she talked about that for the rest of the 15 minutes. 
which A, fucking terrifying, and B, didn't ask for it. Didn't want to know that. So that's very much, um, I think her saying that is, is a bit rubbish because, well, no shit, Sherlock. Do you know what I mean? Like, we know that sh- shit times are coming. It's very obvious the state of the world at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about in France, but here in the UK, everyone's bills have gone up like immensely, like hundreds of pounds a month. Yeah, no, same, same over here. Yeah, I don't think same quite, I don't think quite as bad, but it's gone up a lot. I mean, like my electric this week went up by 50 quid. Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And that's the same month that your council tax goes up, your rent goes up. Like, yes, the minimum wage that people are being paid has gone up, but certainly not by as much as everything else has gone up. So, no, no. It doesn't counterbalance. So, you know, I, I'm not surprised that whoever she's connecting with is telling her that there's going to be sort of a, a crisis because. I mean, she was talking like at least a third of the population of the world are going to die. I mean, she was pretty bleak. Yeah. She was pretty bleak. Um, and I just kind of felt it was time-filling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To kind yeah. of steer me away like, from the subject. Not sure what else to say. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah. And I don't want to know what happens in the future. Mm. I, you know, as you say, Tash, we all know it's shit. Don't want to know. Just yeah. wanted to talk to my dad. But hey-ho. I don't know. Yeah. I, I then spoke to my friend who's a psychic medium. And the reason I didn't ask my friend to give me a reading in the first place is because, well, she's on my Facebook. She sees my photos. You know, it, it, she wouldn't have been biased. Yeah. So I'd, uh, And she said, well, I've not heard anything about anything that terrible. So I wouldn't worry too much. So, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It was it, it was interesting. And I think I'll definitely try and have a past... Oh, and my psychic medium friend said to get in touch with another one of her friends who's also a very good psychic medium that I don't know at all, and she could give me a reading. So I might try and do that. And is this all over the phone? Yeah. This is still over the phone, yeah. Do you not know anyone in, in France? No. I I only know somebody who can read my cards, but I don't really want my cards read because, as I said, I don't want to know my future, yeah. really. Uh, so yeah, I might try that and see if she comes back with similar stuff. I don't know. Cool. Yeah, might try it. Might not. Don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that was that. There you go. Anyway, do you want me to start? Let's yes. do this. My story is a kind of a, a follow-on from last week's story. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember last week's story with the uh, Erasmus Trout shoe? Yes. Yes. I do remember that. With the geezer there. Yeah, it's because we've done the mini sword since. Yeah. I was thinking of the aeroplanes. He killed his wife, didn't no, he? No, not the aeroplanes. He killed his wife, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Trout Chew. Yeah. <laughs> Made up name person. Yeah, amazing name. At the end of the story, you probably won't remember, but at the end of the story, he got sent to a place called Moundsville Penitentiary. Okay. And as it turns out, Moundsville Penitentiary was a pretty fucking horrible place to go. And not only that, it's now considered to be seriously haunted. Dun, dun, dun. Which is often the case with horrible places, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So this isn't so much a ghost story, although there are a few ghosty bits in it, but I just found it really interesting 
and it's grim and it's a bit gory and right up our alley. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for those who haven't listened to episode twenty three Why not? First of all, yeah, why not? Stop this right now and go back and listen to it. But uh Moundsville Penitentiary is in West Virginia. Yeah, so that's where the story's going to start and middle and end. I don't know why I said that. We're not going anywhere else. Just, <laughs> just Moundsville. <laughs> <laughs> so if we start right at the beginning, Moundsville is actually called Moundsville because of the many burial mounds built by the Andena culture, a pre-Columbian Native American culture, some 2,000 years ago. So basically they buried their dead in like these huge mounds. All right. So yeah, so there's big mounds everywhere. What, with a load of people in there? Or just one person? No, no, I think multiple people. Like it was a burial ground. All right. Yeah. Do you think like people walk up those hills now, those mounds? Can people walk up them? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess so. Can you walk in a cemetery? <laughs> yeah, but don't... Do, I mean, I don't know whether you ever go to the cemetery, but... No. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is really weird, but I sometimes walk through the cemetery with the girls and we look at the grave graves because I think, interesting. And we Yeah, I do that. Okay, fine. <laughs> I didn't know whether I was weird doing that. No, no, you're not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Emma's very quiet. She's like, you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> no, we used to do it with my cousins when I was younger as well. And we'd be like, oh, that one was a baby. Yeah, oh, that one yeah. was 98. <laughs> yeah, like we, there's this big um, cemetery up near where the girl's dad lives. So sometimes when we, when I drop them off if we're a bit early, we go and have a little walk around there. And we just see like if there's families and stuff like that. Anyway. I mean, that is a bit weird. <laughs> No, I like it when I see your family. I think, oh, that's nice, they're all together. Yeah, what, we've got fun. a bit of spare time. Let's go and walk around this random cemetery where we know nobody. <laughs> I like looking at the graves and, and figuring out how old they were when they died. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and then uh, then it'll say sometimes, you be, then you kind of, depending on the age, if they were 21, you'd be like, oh, maybe a car accident. <laughs> so I'd like do a little story for them in my head. <laughs> And then move along. That's kind of basically what I do. Yeah. See, you're the weird one, Emma. And try and find, like, the oldest grave and stuff like that. I think it's interesting. Yeah. And my kids really enjoy it too, so... <laughs> I can just not see myself going, right, we've got a bit of spare time, let's go walk around some graves. And the kids being like, oh, yay, mummy, let's. <laughs> do take us to the cemetery, mother. <laughs> do take us. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, that is how it happens. Thank you. So. I always thought I was a morbid one, but no. No, we win. <laughs> um, anyway, my point was, when, when we're at the cemetery, I don't like walking on the grave. So, like, I'll always stand, like, you know, like, to the side of the stone or whatever. Like, I'm not... Yeah. And if the yeah, kids go on the grass, on I'm like, don't go on the grass, you're walking on the graves. Like, so my point is, is it then weird if people walk over these mounds and there's all those those graves there? I mean, to be honest, Tasha, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But at no point did that come up in my research that people were allowed to walk on okay. them or not. <laughs> 
Things that you could walk down the street and be walking on someone's. No, very, you're absolutely right, but I feel like there's a difference between. Yeah, there is a difference. That could happen because lots of things could happen and categorically knowing it's happening. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we've got that straightened out. <laughs> it's okay to walk over a grave if you don't know it's there. But if you do know it's there, don't walk on it. Yeah. But yeah. also, gravestones are fun. <laughs> Did you never. Yeah. You didn't go to school at all in England, did you, Emma? Yeah. Oh, did you? I lived in England till I was about 10. Oh, did you? So did your school never go to the graveyard and make you do rubbings on the gravestones? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> make you do what? <laughs> Rub up against gravestones? <laughs> so <Did> my <laughs> school make me do rubbings? <laughs> <laughs> so we'd go to like the cemetery in the in the village that I lived in. We'd all walk down there, and you'd have like tracing paper or just paper oh, and a crayon. crayon. And you'd have yeah, to take etchings. Yeah, see, that's normal. And everyone like that's the thing. It's the word rubbins that got me. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it's called, rubbins. You take rubbins. It might be, but yeah, yeah. I remember doing that with a crayon, and yeah, then we brought so, it like, back to school. You know, sometimes if it's an old. Like headstone, stone grave. Obviously, yeah. um, there's loads of moss and stuff on it, so you can't always see what's written. And you take like a a rubbing of it, and you'd be able to see what was written. Never. I don't actually know what the purpose was of the exercise because I don't ever remember there being like a competition for who found the oldest grave or something like that. And since when is cemeteries <laughs> a fun place to go? Did you also know about drinking in the cemetery? I mean, I had, no, I only did once. No. Becky and you were there too. Uh, did yeah. I ever drink in the cemetery? But that's like a thing, isn't it? But we were sat on the grass. We weren't like leaning against people's graves. We're next to the cemetery. Let's not discuss that story on there. <laughs> I think you guys are more goth than me. Just chilling in cemeteries <laughs> and no. rubbing. Rubbing, rubbing the gravestone. <laughs> no, we, no, no, we've never. I've never. Um, like some people are a little bit extra goth and they take photo shoots and stuff in in cemeteries. We never did anything. No, like we that. never we just happened to be drinking like near a cemetery. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean this this podcast, if nothing else, is an eye opener. Yeah. You thinking you're the goth one that loves death, and then there's no, no, there's us. There's us. The thing is, apparently, the psychology be- behind actually being a goth is not that you love death. It's actually that, like, you're so frightened of it that you're... Embracing it. Like, yeah, kind of thing. There's all psychology behind it. I never said I love death. You just like black clothes. <laughs> I, just, I look good in black. Yeah. Makes my eyes pop. Mm-hmm. Right, can I go back to my story? Yeah, sorry mm-hmm. about that. <laughs> so, Moundsville, ancient Native American... Burial grounds, yeah? Yep. yep. So anybody that's ever watched a horror film will know building something near or on a Native American burial ground, big no-no. Not a good idea. Big no-no. Yeah. It's do never, not do ever, that. It's never going to end well, right? Never. No. In fact, any cemetery, really. It just, let's try, you know, look at the London Underground. They yeah. dug up all those plague pits and stuff, and look at it now. It's haunted as fuck. So, yeah. Let's just leave dead people be. Yeah, and what's with the whole moving them around and everything? I don't get that. Well, they've got you know, to put when them they somewhere. Change... Well, where, where do you think they're going to go? 
Well, leave them where they are. Why did why oh, do yeah, they insist yeah. on moving them? Do you mean like when they dig them up and then they rebury them elsewhere? Yeah, I just think that's yeah, really... that's weird. That's upsetting. It? It's yeah. really... Just leave them. Leave them be. It's because they want the land, isn't it? Yeah, in it. In it. <laughs> in it. Bruv. It's all coming out now, isn't it, Emma? You're not really gothic. You no. say in it. <laughs> you don't hang out in cemeteries. No, I fucking don't! Because it's full of dead people! It's the living you want to be scared of. Mm-hmm. I am too. I am too. Those are going to come after my stockpile. Yeah, <laughs> fuckers. Maybe you shouldn't talk about it. Don't ever give your. Don't give out your address. Of course, I'm not going to give out my address. <laughs> <sighs> right, back to the story. So Please. they've 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 decided that they're going to build this big prison right near an ancient burial ground, which is a fantastic idea. So they built the prison and it was in full operation from 1876 to 1995, which is pretty fucking recent. Bloody hell. Yeah. So that's over 100 years that it was a prison. See? Maths. Quick maths. I must say the prison itself is stunning the building is built in kind of like a gothic architecture style oh, and really? it looks a bit yeah it looks like a fortress oh nice so it's got the um, uh like you know the the slanty windows what are they called you know the little slanty windows that a castle or a fortress would have and it's got like the circular roofs what are they called a turret a turret, yeah. So it's yeah. got two big turrets, and it is actually like really, really pretty. I'll, nice. I'll put, I will post pictures. Please do. Uh, so the original building had two hundred and twenty-four cells, a kitchen, dining area, hospital, and a chapel, and a four-story tower that was for the uh, admin building. It also included space for female inmates and personal living quarters for the warden and his family. So, upon completion, it had a prison population of 251 male inmates, some of who had actually worked on building the prison. So, imagine that. You're in one prison, then you get sent to do some prison labour to build another prison that you're going to go and live in. Oh, that's harsh, isn't it? It is a bit. But free labour. Well, exactly. And it it gets harsher. To be fair, the people that went to this prison weren't very nice. I mean, look at Trouty Shoot. Yeah, face. Yeah, he wasn't great, was he? He wasn't the nicest. So, in addition to construction work, the inmates had other jobs to support the prison. They had a carpentry shop, a paint shop, a wagon shop, a stone yard, a brick yard, a blacksmith. That's a yeah. I wonder if um, Erasmus was working there. They had Maybe. a tailor's and a bakery, and there was a prison farm and a coal mine. So it was actually, this prison was actually... What was all this for, for them, so they could be self-contained? It was like, they, yeah, they were self-sufficient, and it made the prison money. Oh. I don't think any of them would, would have been getting paid. So prison life in the... That, hold on, I don't understand how it made the money. So what, like the carpenter maybe made doors for people? Yes, and then the prison sells on the merchandise, and the prison makes money. Oh. And there was a farm? Yep. Do you think the animals were wearing them orange jumpsuits? <laughs> no, I don't think so, Becky. <laughs> okay. Those little box caps on the chickens. Yeah, or the or the black and white striped t-shirts. I bet you can get the them chickens. off Wish, you know. 
One, there's a real badass chicken that doesn't speak to anyone else that's got a little eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> little chains on their legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, prison life. <laughs> I'm just going ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Just, like, how did they... How did they make it fair? Because obviously you depend the animals at night anyway, but they're already penned because they're already in prison. So they like double locked away. Yeah. Any farm animal is already in prison. So I don't think they give a shit which kind of farm they're on. If it's a prison farm or a normal farm. Yeah. Okay. Bless them. Little prison farm. You're right, Motley. I don't know. I don't know why I find it so funny. There's a prison farm. It's not funny. It's actually quite nice, isn't it? Well, yeah, this is what I'm about to say. So, sorry, okay, please do continue. So, <laughs> so, prison life in the 19th century for the inmates was actually not that bad. They all had to have an education and they had to learn to read and write and they had plenty of potential jobs to keep them occupied. So, it wasn't. Of course, if you didn't behave properly, it wasn't all unicorns and rainbows. There was always the threat of the gallows, but also a few torture devices to keep people in line. Ooh. The first being the kicking Jenny. So this was invented and built in the prison. <laughs> yeah. I could just imagine it'd be two women's legs kicking, so they have to stand with their legs apart and be kicked in the balls. <laughs> nope, that's not, that's not it. I'll send you a picture of it. Um, so it was invented and built in the prison. Hang on, I'm sending you a picture of the kicking Jenny. Oh my! Well, I'm quite into that. So <laughs> no, <it's awesome. laughs> no. I will post a photo on all our socials for everybody. I mean, no. Is he then gonna get like whipped? Yes. So it's look a at the sexy moustache on that prison guard. <laughs> for God's sake, I should have sent them a picture. <laughs> so basically, it's a quarter circle, a bit like an arc shape, that the prisoner is completely naked and laid uh, face down on. And that man is that, not naked. He's not naked. Picture. He's got zebra <laughs> pants on. Look, they couldn't in that picture. They couldn't put a naked guy, okay? But they were generally <laughs> naked. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So their feet were tied to the floor and then they were kind of hung over this circle shape and their hands were then tied to the floor. And the tension that this created meant that if they really wanted to, it wouldn't take that much to tear uh, to tear them in half. Ooh. What? The, what? How? Ooh. I'm confused. <laughs> I... Believe me, it's true. No, I do believe you. So that you can't see on the picture, but the tension between the hands and the feet and the body being bent that way meant that if they just pulled a little bit on the hands or the feet, they would be torn in half. I see. So to stop them from wiggling. It's not a comfortable position to be in. Yeah. And then they were whipped. So with a whip, the prisoner is beaten until they're almost dead or the person doing the whipping has no strength left. (laughs) If you put a chef hat on that prison guard, he's the guy that makes the meatballs in, uh, what do you call it, and the pr- and the tramp. Lady and the tramp. Lady and the tramp, yeah. I was thinking, what's it called, Beauty and the Tramp? No, that's not the one. Right. Yeah. Note to self, do 
Do not send I'm pictures. Call it Bella Noche. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Look, imagine a chef hat on that man. I mean, you're Call- not wrong, but also you're talking about torture and you're talking about a Disney film. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to be like a theme? Because last week no, it was no, Gaston. And <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Gaston more times than I actually realised when I was editing. You even did little it's a songs. Good film. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> anyway, may I continue with my story? A story about the kicking Jenny and people getting tortured <laughs> on it. Yeah. Yeah. So the prisoners would be whipped until either they were almost dead or that the person that was doing the whipping had no strength left to continue. That's a bit much, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, they were fucked up. They were... like Maybe, like, ten lashings, do you know what I mean? They were cut to shreds, just... I've got to say, whipping rips your skin, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were shredded. An infection afterwards. Well, a lot of people died, so I wouldn't be surprised. There was also the shoe fly. This involved the inmate being tied to the floor and a hose turned on their faces, choking them near death. Oh. Then it was stopped and then it was repeated. Oh, that's horrible, isn't it? Oh, that'd be awful, though, in your face. These tortures are very, like, BDSM kink things, aren't they, as well? No. <laughs> I mean, the thing, have you ever been swept away? Swept away. <laughs> Swept over by a wave in the yeah. sea or something, the, or the water goes in I your mean, face, and how panicky it awful. is. Awful. Awful. Well, I don't know that... Well, obviously, I wasn't there, but... <laughs> Did you know that? I wasn't there. <laughs> no, I, I knew you weren't there, babe. I think you mentioning that you weren't there is very suspicious. <laughs> 1995, you would have been... I could have been what, there. Four? I would have been four. You know. Um, but when they did tortures with, like, water... It was like big, like holding tanks, wasn't it? And then they'd open up the water. Yeah. When? Well, I don't know when. Like in olden times. I've you know, no idea. Like asylums and stuff like that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm with you. Yes. I'm assuming the tortures were very similar to the treatments. That's in inverted commas. Uh, yeah. That they, they did in asylums, wasn't it? Probably, yeah. But mm. this one, they're tied to the floor, their heads pinned down so they can't turn their head away, and they're just basically shot in the face with a high pressure hose with freezing cold water until oh, they God. choke almost to death. And then they stop, they catch their breath, and then they can have another go. So, yeah, it sounds pretty horrendous. That's horrendous. Things were only going to get worse for <sighs> the prisoners. As the years went by, the building became overpopulated, so there were three prisoners per cell, and the cells were only five by seven feet, which is pretty small. So you've got two on a bunk and one on the floor, so that's unacceptable. The place was crawling with vermin, and prisoners were getting sick. The recreation room was now a place of debauchery, where gambling, raping, and fighting took place on a daily basis. And it was nicknamed the Sugar Shack. And I actually watched an interview with a guard who obviously worked there, you know, pretty recently in the 90s. And he said the guards just didn't go down there because it was too dangerous. So these prisoners, inmates, could just do whatever the fuck they wanted down there. And then at the end of the day, when everybody would be back in their cells, they'd just go and check that there was nothing left out kind of thing. 
So it was a really horrible place to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In 1929, the state decided to double the size of the penitentiary and again use prison labour for the extension. So that was completed in 1959. It took 30 years. Yeah. It took 30 years because of the steel shortages during World War II. Oh, that makes sense. What happened to prisoners during the war? Did they stay in prison? Yes, I imagine so. I don't imagine they evacuated them. Might be completely wrong, but I imagine they just kept on as normal and hoped not to get bombed, I suppose. So in total, 998 people were either murdered or committed suicide at Moundsville. So nearly a thousand people? Yeah, over a hundred years were either murdered or committed suicide. That's shocking. One of, one of the most notable was that of R.D. Wall, who was thought to be a snitch. So on October 8th, 1929, he was completely butchered by three prisoners using dull shivs. Mm. As most prisons back then, some of the prisoners were sentenced to death. And in Moundsville, it was done by hanging publicly. Because it's a fun day out, isn't it? <laughs> well, apparently so. However, they would soon realise that this was maybe not the best of ideas after the hanging of Frank Heyer. He was to be hanged for killing his wife. But something went terribly wrong. The calculation between the height of the gallows and Frank's weight must have been off because when the trap door opened and Frank fell, his head was cut straight off by the rope to the absolute horror of the public that was watching. Oh, God. Yeah decapitated by hanging. I'm not sure that happens a lot. Oh, that made me feel really sick. Isn't it when the rope's too long? I don't know, sweetheart. I'm not a pro on the the whole execution. Nah. Well, neither am I. (laughs) (laughs) So it was then decided that hanging should be on invite only and not just open. (laughs) Not just for the VIPs. Imagine getting that through the post. Save the date. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For my hanging. (laughs) So they were invite only and not open to just anyone. Orville Paul Adkins was to meet a similar fate in 1938. He had been sentenced to death for kidnapping a minister and leaving... This is so random. And leaving him in a mine and the minister died of pneumonia from the cold. Adkins swore he never meant to kill him. So what the fuck? Why is he putting a minister in a mine? It's just very odd. It's just really random, isn't it? Very random. But still, he was hanged. Only much like Frank, it didn't go to plan. As the noose was being put around his neck, an assistant, obviously nervous, pulled the trap lever too soon and Orville fell 20 feet, hitting the stone floor. Stunned and injured, but still alive, he got dragged by his collar back up to the gallows and hanged for a second time. Oh, surely not. Surely did. And this time it was successful. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, I don't feel sorry for, like, murderers and stuff, but ooh. It's not a nice way to go, that. Nah, it isn't, like, with your legs broken underneath, which I assume which is what happened. Oh, I imagine he was quite fucked up. His ghost is one of the most famous of Moundsville Penitentiary, as people can still to this day hear him pacing back and forth awaiting his turn at the gallows. People that go near the part of the prison claim to feel very uneasy as if they are being watched. So 85 people in total were hanged at Moundsville, and then they decided that it was far more humane to do it by electric chair. 
So then oh, a further gosh. nine a nine were electrocuted in the electric chair, nicknamed Old Sparky. Oh, oh yeah, I've heard of heard of that. Old Sparky. Old Sparky, yeah. yeah. And the chair was actually built by an inmate in 1950. Oh, God. Did he then was get he... killed on it? I don't think so, but he might. Now, don't quote me on this, but I think he, I might have read somewhere that the, uh, another prisoner killed him oh. afterwards oh. Oh. because he built Old Sparky. That's a shame because he was obviously a good carpenter. Yeah. An electrician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, don't kill people. Yeah, don't kill people, guys. No. Another famous ghost is that of William Red Snyder. He was a very violent man. He started with arson around his 20s and just got gradually worse. He had been imprisoned multiple times but released on parole in 1967. Because, you know, violent... They loved, they loved paroling people back then. Or yeah. arson and all well, Why the heck not? So yeah. one day after he'd been released on parole, one day later, he killed two men. Fucking hell. So he'd gone home to find that his 15-year-old sister was in love with the neighbour's son. This, for some unknown reason, enraged him, and he told his father that he wanted to kill the boy. His father told him, obviously, not to. Oh, well, that was good of his dad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Don't Come be silly. And this resulted in Red shooting him dead. What, his dad? What, his dad. His dad, yeah. So he killed his dad because his dad told him not to kill somebody else? Yeah. Well, that seems completely reasonable. And then he went over to the neighbour's house and held hostage all eight kids, oh. including his sister's boyfriend. The parents were out at the time, but when they returned, the father fought Red for the gun, and this resulted in both families losing their fathers that Jesus. day. And Red was shipped straight back to Moundsville. Where he should never have got... Was he white? Yeah. Well, well obviously he got paroled. Yeah. So... Oh, God. Yeah. Red made the other prisoners very uneasy. He was, after all, like, mental and extremely violent. Yeah, it would seem so. Yeah. He was feared by many, but hunted by some. He became the leader of the Aryan Brotherhood. Not because he was particularly racist, but it was just like to survive. You know, he surrounded himself with a gang. Yeah. Now, the prison was known as a cons prison, so it comes as no surprise that many of the cell locks were picked and the inmates just roamed around the hallways freely. The prison was understaffed and overpopulated. Not a good combination. No. No. In 1986, a riot broke out. The prisoners were sick of the terrible living conditions. They had raw sewage leaking from the pipes, rats in the cells, maggots in the food. There was no heating or air conditioning. So a gang of inmates took hostage 16 prison staff and demanded to speak to the governor. They wanted better medical services, better living quarters, and women and pizza. And that made me laugh. Well, I want women and pizza. (laughs) I think that's a fair demand, to be honest. The governor refused and the riot turned nasty. None of the hostages were badly hurt, but the chaos lasted for 53 hours and resulted in three inmates uh, being murdered because they were suspected to be snitchers. Red Snyder is believed to have been involved in at least one of these murders and to have been one of the main instigators of the riot itself. There have been previous riots at the prison, although not quite as bad as the 1986 one. 
In one of the previous riots, an inmate was pushed into a pot of beans he was cooking. Oh, yeah. And the other prisoners stood on the lid until he was cooked alive. Oh, my God. And his meat fell off. What, is it just his head and they kind of held his head in there? No, no. It's like one of those huge, massive pots that you like do. Like a big well, vat, you can imagine, it? like, yeah, like a big vat full of beans. Oh, my. So, yeah, he was cooked alive. Oh. So in 1992, the guards finally felt comfortable after this 1986 riot, letting the prisoners walk freely around a prison. And a fellow inmate of uh, Red, who we were just talking about, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Went, walked into his cell and they were talking and laughing and joking about. And then Rusty, so that was a friend, stabbed him 37 oh. times. Oh. When guards arrived, Red's cell was drenched in blood. He met a pretty grisly end. That's horrible, yeah. Isn't it? Some kind of payback revenge for the riot, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1995, the prison closed down and all the inmates were relocated, but not all of the inmates left. Some spirits still roam the halls. Mm. One of these spirits is Red, who first made his presence known to a lady called Maggie, who is a tour guide now at the prison. Sorry, you can go to the prison for a tour? Oh yeah, it's oh, it's like a museum and paranormal investigators can go there and you can have a tour. Oh. So this lady called Maggie, who's a tour guide now, she's doing her morning rounds, making sure everything's okay. And as she walked past Red's cell, she heard him say, clear as day, morning, Mag. And there was no one else around. Red doesn't really like to show himself, but many people have caught EVPs, you know, um, electronic voice phenomena. Yeah. Yeah. In his cell, um, with him using some rather unpleasant vocab. Oh, potty mouth. Exactly. He would, though, if he'd been stabbed uh, 37 times. 37 times, yeah. Another famous ghost is the shadow man who can be seen walking the halls. He has no recognisable features and just appears as an opaque black form. He seems to see the people there, as many have reported him stopping and looking right at them. There are photos that have been taken of this shadow man. I will, of course, post them on all our socials. Mm-hmm. And I'll send them to you now, actually. Yeah, that sounds just like my uh, sleep paralysis demon, the shadow man. That's what they look like. All right, I've sent you the photo of the shadow man. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh, that's a really clear picture, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what my uh, sleep um, paralysis people, they all look like that. Well, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Do you not like it? Yep. So all in all, I think we can agree, building a prison full of the most violent prisoners of the time on sacred Native American burial grounds, then executing inmates or torturing them, and also having a prison graveyard because many of the family members, once their family member died, the families didn't want to take the body, basically, because they kind of disowned them because they'd ended up in prison. So they had to have, like, a little prison cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. So all this, all added to, together, just makes me feel like they're getting some seriously bad mojo. So I'm not at all surprised that the prison is still, to this day, full of doors that bang by themselves, disembodied screams, sounds of gunshots, and anything else you can imagine at a haunted prison. The negative energy around that place must be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I can imagine it is. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my story about the Moundsville prison. 
Well done, I love that. Just find the prison, I don't know why, it's a bit gruesome and gory, but I like that kind of stuff. I like the gory history. Yeah, I don't yeah. I googled the building. It doesn't look like a prison, does it? It looks like a like a chateau. Mm. It's kind no, of creepy looking, saying. but yeah. The guy um, that I watched an interview of who was a prison guard there said it was the most terrifying place to work at. He said he dreaded going there every day. It was horrendous. It was so violent. The things the inmates were doing to each other. The amount of people he had to cut down that had hung themselves. And, oh, oh, dear. Uh, he said one guy got like a metal rod, but like with a hook on the end, shoved in his eye, almost like they wanted to scoop his brain out by the eye. That's oh. so disgusting. Yeah, he lived for about, I think he said three days, but then he obviously died from his injuries. He said he saw some really, really messed up stuff while he was there. And uh, yeah, that the guards were just terrified. I can imagine they were. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you. Over to you, Becky Boo. Yeah. All right, well, this week I um, thought about a couple of things. I think it's because of your um, airplane stories on the mini-sode. I decided that I wanted to do a story about cruise ship murders. Is it it a Disney cruise? (laughs) No, it's not a Disney cruise. Have you seen videos of those Disney cruises, though? It's too much Disney, man. I don't think I could cope. Are you not that into it? Can you imagine that much Disney 24-7? Well, I think fun. No, I'd, I'd I'd rather go in the pink Disney hotel at Disneyland the proper Disney hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on a yeah. cruise. For, for some of the reasons that I'm going to list a bit later, I just wouldn't... It depends how long it is as well. But some I, cruises... I really want to go I mean, on a cruise. Ah, oh, so some cruises are about... Th- well, about three weeks long, aren't they? You, you Sometimes you get ones that last seven days. I know they're really big, but you're still kind of stuck on a cruise. Stuck there, you can't go anywhere else. But if you win the lottery, I'll go with you. Wouldn't you have to fly to America anyway to go on a Disney cruise, or do, or do they... Uh... Oh, yeah, I have no idea, to be honest. I've not researched it. I'm very poor, so I can't afford stuff like that. But if <laughs> uh, anyone wants to sponsor me to go on a Disney cruise, then I am all for it. Absolutely. So when I had a look, uh, I wanted to look up a few murders. I thought that me, they'd probably be one or two. But there are so many murders on cruise ships or suspicious deaths that there's actually a murder docu-series about it called Cruise Ship Killers. <laughs> oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know what I'm watching this week. <laughs> right, so you've got a couple of figures. Between 2000 and 2019, a reported 623 cruise ship passengers and crew died. What? Just died or under like suspicious circumstances the main reason is cardiac incident because of like the the demographic of who goes on a cruise is old people isn't it like yeah older people yeah yeah so the first one the first reason is cardiac incident second one is accidental overboard and the third is people jumping overboard I shouldn't laugh, but but I'm gonna. Do they do they shout "Man overboard"? Man overboard. They kind of halt the ship immediately, which obviously sends everybody flying. Yeah. And uh, well, you've got no chance. These ships are humongous. You jump off one of them, you're you're probably dead when you hit the water. And yeah. if you're not dead, I imagine you get sucked in by the propellers that are equally ginormous. <laughs> 
Oh, I'd rather die straight away than get sucked into the bloody propellers. Oh, what a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Gosh, we're so sensitive. <laughs> yeah, so sensitive. I don't mean to sound so insensitive. So cardiac-related deaths are maybe the result of underlying health conditions, especially given the fact that the majority of cruise-goers are between 50 and 79 years old. So yeah, you were right, guys. It's very clear that caution must be taken to prevent people falling overboard, both by the ship's crew and their passengers. How do you fall overboard, though? Because the railings are pretty tall, aren't they? It's people... A lot of it is from... Being drunk? Being drunk and not following the rules and breaking rules. But surely the, the like, edges, like the... I don't... What is it called? Like a banister is like... It's not a banister, is it? But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the railings, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. like... They're not just waist height, so you wouldn't topple over, surely. Aren't they higher than that? But there's a bar that's open all the time. People are wasted a lot of the time when they're on there. And they're probably on there doing the fucking Titanic. I'm flying, Jack. I'm flying, Jack. Yeah. If we go on a cruise together once, we all have to do that, and we all have to take it in turns being rose. What, just after saying that's how you die... <laughs> On we won't cruise. drink first. It'll be pre-drinks. Before the pre-drinks. Let's face it, the only cruise we're going on is the ferry back and forth <laughs> to the UK. And even that, I'm scared to get on the bloody railings. Yeah, I don't like going on the I deck. I hate going on deck. Yeah, both alcohol consumption and passengers climbing on top of deck railings contribute to the risk of falling. There were There was a case of a man losing his cabin key so he decided to climb up on the balcony and climb over to his friend's room next door instead of just going down to get a new key from the reception and unfortunately he idiot no but i can imagine reception could be quite far away yeah like cruise ships are big so we're talking he's gone on the outside of the cruise (laughs) ship on the outside He has climbed yeah. from his balcony onto his friend's balcony, but he lost his footing and fell and died. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> his poor pal as well, having to watch that. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's just not smart. Well, that's what a lot of the people, unfortunately, falling overboard is like, oh, look at me, and everything, and then they fall, they fall out. Where was their cabin? Were they, like, on their balcony? Was it, like... Like seaside. Well, yeah, it would be. Yeah, well, it? even the lower down floors are still, still really high. Really high. I mean, yeah. cruise ships are ginormous. Yeah, pretty, yeah big, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, true that. You hit the water at that speed. Well, you, I hope it kills you. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're a bit stuffed. Oh, yeah. Sharks and shit. Well, you won't be able to swim if you'd have broken something. You won't be able to swim true and help that. yourself. What a nightmare. I hate sharks. <laughs> I think. I've got an unreasonable fear of sharks. It's because of jaws. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I say they don't bother me. Would I get in a shark? You know, those shark cages that people do. I definitely wouldn't do that. No, I don't understand why people That's do so that. so fucking weird, Have you it? seen the video where the shark, like, leaps over the top and gets in the cage with the guy? No. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. And it kind of just swims out again. And yeah. luckily it didn't get him. It didn't get yeah. him, but... Sharks are dickheads, aren't they? That, I bet that guy needed a change of wetsuit... Yeah. In um the town where I work, the swimming pool there, they there's did a like shark. a No, <laughs> there's not a shark. <laughs> he just walks around time like, you all right? 
<laughs> they did a um at the swimming pool. They did a um did a thing where they put loads of floats in the pool so you could all sit on rubber rings and they 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 made it into like a cinema and they played Jaws. No, just sit and float <laughs> no, around in the do. pool That's and watch so Jaws. Cool. That's hilarious. Yeah, I really wanted to go, but that was uh, that was the week where, again, the children are always ill at the minute. And also, it is winter, so nothing is... That is, like, my biggest fear. Have you guys never done that? Like, thought there was a shark in the pool while he's swimming, and all of a sudden you just start swimming frantically because you think there's a shark that's going to... Yeah. <laughs> what, in a pool? In a swimming pool, yeah. yeah. You're like, it's going to get me. Absolutely not. Well, I have. I don't lots. I don't really enjoy. I like going to the beach, but I don't want to go in the sea. No, probably paddle. I haven't. I haven't been to the seaside for years, really, properly. And but I can't imagine enjoying going into the sea anymore because, like, there's stuff in there, isn't there? Yeah, there's there's lots of stuff in there. (laughs) There's a proper word for that, isn't it? The fear of the sea. I've definitely got that. Yeah, and what's um fear of deep water as well and not yeah, being able to Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Not being able Even to Even like jellyfish, like... Yeah. I've been stung by a jellyfish oh. in Cornwall. It was horrible. Did you get peed on? No. Oh, yeah. That's, Imagine that's that. That's an urban legend, apparently. It doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the, the lifeguard was like, oh, I've never seen that before. And I was like, oh, that's great. Oh, thank <laughs> you. So I had to go to the hospital, and they were like, "Oh, Did it's, you? it's a jellyfish." Yeah, yeah, because there's this. I think he said that there's this fish with spines on, where you can tread on them, and they leave it like a little hole in your foot, and they really hurt. But he'd never seen the type of jellyfish that had stung me. But it wasn't too bad. It was like fine the next day. Oh, there you go. And I'm still here. I am a you survivor. To tell the tale. Yeah. I survived because I wasn't on a wasn't on a cruise ship at the time. S- some cruise ships are huge, like floating cities. Some have multiple swimming pools, all on different levels with water slides. However, being stuck on one for weeks, it quickly becomes small, especially if you're sharing a cabin with someone that's not good for your mental health or that you're not just getting on with at all. Most cruise ships are many stories high and a fall from the ship's deck into the sea would be similar to falling 10 stories onto concrete. So yeah, oh, guys, yeah. you're right. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, a fall off there, you're not going to survive. So a quick, very quick disclaimer. Compared to the hundreds of thousands of people that go on cruises every year, the amount of deaths are very, very small. Uh, especially the suspicious ones. So suspicious. my case happened in 1988. And it revolves around a 26-year-old girl called Karen Waltz. Karen grew up in Louisiana. She grew up doing ballet and was very much into fitness. She was a massage therapist and adored her job. It's through her job that she eventually meets her future husband, a chiropractor called Scott Roston. In March 1988, Scott came in for a massage after falling down some stairs. Oh dear. When he came in for a massage, they were instantly attracted to each other. It's not very professional of her, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Sparks were flying. <laughs> she massaged his groin. Maybe. Happy endings. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> They were both single at the time and had a lot in common. They were really... And also, they were both into fitness and fitness geeks. What was it called? Fitness buffs? Is that the one? You are asking the wrong person. 
<laughs> Me too. I would have been, earlier on the prison story, I would have been the one asking for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm pizza. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, so, no, they met in February 1988. In March 1988, they drove to Vegas and got married. No, they didn't. I can't even get a second date. And they get married. They're getting married. So two days after this wedding, they decide to go on a seven-day cruise on the Star Dancer cruise ship for their honeymoon. While they're on the cruise ship, they were still fitness buffs, so they would work out together every day on the deck. Nice. I roll. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going on holiday doing that? Don't you spend much time at all the eat buffet and then napping off the food? Yeah, I'd be sat on my sun lounger with a with some sort of drink with a massive tray of food and just eating all of it. And this is the point when on the program that I was watching, they were like, and they look like a perfect all-American couple. <laughs> like that. And I was like, yeah. oh dear, this is not going to go well. So at dinner, so they have a nice holiday at dinner on February the 13th, which is the last night of their trip. Karen decides that she would... Let loose a little and have a dessert. Oh my God. Karen, behave. I know. I mean, you can be into fitness, but God's sake, food is life. Surely the only reason you're into fitness is to eat more food. Yeah. I bet she had a sorbet as well. I bet it wasn't even like (laughs) chocolate cake. (laughs) God's sake, I've had like eight desserts today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our dinner today was pancakes. Yeah. I mean, you had dessert for dinner. I had two chocolate bars whilst pre- prepping dinner. <laughs> yeah, we're unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Scott didn't like this. He wasn't happy and he wanted to stick to their healthy eating plan and fitness regime. Hang on, so her husband got pissed because she had a dessert? Yeah. He's a dick. He's a dick. Oh, my God. Scott, I'm not into you. You can be into fitness, you can be into healthy eating. When it comes to making others feel guilty, that's when you need to stop yourself, mate. Absolutely. Never. He needs never to get alive. Be a thing. Let her eat what she wants to eat. Karen said to Scott that it's her last night and she just wanted to enjoy herself and treat herself a little. So Scott wasn't having any of this and starts making a scene, raising his voice, and Karen ends up leaving in tears. What the oh fuck God. is wrong with him? I know. Maybe he needs a dessert. Exactly. Sounds like he just had like chocolate envy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That he probably already said to the waiter that he didn't want dessert and then was too shy to ask for one. So anyway, Scott follows her a little while afterwards. So yeah, this was she. They made a scene and other people saw them have this argument. Orts. Yeah. Scott leaves and goes back to the cabin to find his wife of nine days. Their quarrel didn't last long and they were still soon back to being in love. And Scott suggests that they go on a late night run around the deck. Oh, that sounds safe. Just have an extra shag. You'll work off that cake. I know, they're on a honeymoon. Fucking hell. Obviously, Scott hasn't heard of makeup sex, I don't think. No. Makeup run. Let's go for a makeup run. God, if Ben said that to me, <laughs> I'd be like, Ben. You go for a makeup run. That would be where the divorce started for me. <laughs> anyway, at night, on a cruise ship, on a deck. Yeah. Okay. And this is, uh, yeah, so they decided to go out for a run. Around 3am, Scott went running 
to a member of the crew, out of breath, seeing his wife had fallen overboard. The crew immediately sent out an alert and, st- and searched for Karen in the water using torches. When they couldn't see her anywhere, they called the Coast Guard. The captain asked Scott what happened. So he took him into his cabin and that. Yeah. And Scott said before saying anything, he needed to go and go to the bathroom. So he went into the bathroom, but the captain could see through the door, which wasn't sure that he, that Scott was washing his face and he had cuts on his face that he was just washing them, which the captain thought was very strange because if this had just happened to your wife, why would you want to wash your face? This is weird. Very weird. Some might say suspicious. Yeah, he pushed her off that fucking boat because she had a banana split, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, the he came out and the captain saw Scott's face a little better and he could see that he had scratches all over his face and one was like a triangle-shaped cut. Scott explained that they went out for a night run around the deck and after a few laps, Scott stopped to catch his breath. Karen said that she'd go on and do a few more laps before stopping too. He saw her run up near the railings when suddenly a gust of wind blew her overboard. (laughs) Oh, Oh no. Oh no, the wind came out of nowhere. And then the captain was like, mate, but what about the cuts on your face? And he explained it away, saying that he'd fallen. When he saw... His wife starting to fall. He kind of rough, uh, ran and stumbled and hit his face on a control box oh, yeah. and scraped his face down the wall. Sad there was no brambles. That would have been a better excuse. Yeah, it? it's very rare that you find a, a bramble yeah. on a cruise wow. ship. Yeah, so I hear. Yeah, and they keep talking to him about it, and they're looking, still looking at the coast guards call, called out to try and look for look for Karen. The next morning, another passenger on the ship. An off-duty assistant chief deputy in the Cook County Sheriff's Department went for a stroll around the same area that Karen went overboard and he managed to find part of an earring and some hair stuck to the running track. So he knew what he was looking at already and he bagged it up in some plastic and took took it to the ship's officials. And uh, the captain looked at the log, and yesterday winds were about five miles per hour, and that's no way near strong enough to blow someone overboard. Yeah, it barely ruffles your hair at that point. Yeah, it's nothing. A gust of wind. Yeah, a sudden gust of wind. It's like the shittest thing to say, isn't it? You should have at least said she tripped on her shoelace. Like, come on, Scott. Chipped on a banana skin from that (laughs) banana split. Oh, no. Come on. (laughs) Plus, when you're on a ship, when it's rough, i.e. very windy, you're not allowed outside. No. Exactly. Yeah. So, if it was that windy, they wouldn't have been outside anyway. I also find it strange they were allowed outside at night. Surely there were rules behind that as well. I don't know. That's the 80s, though, weren't it? No rules for anyone. No, true that. Because through this, I was like, why isn't there any cameras? And I was like, oh, well, it's in the 80s. Yeah. That's why there's not cameras everywhere. And they also, the captain also had a look at the control box that Scott apparently hit his face on. And there's no signs, no blood, mm. no marks, no signs that he'd been hit. Almost like he was lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strange. Around 12.30... After a 
hour search, the Coast Guard finds Karen's body. After noticing the tips of her white sneakers she was wearing, like bobbing about in the water, the body was kept afloat by air trapped in her clothing. Experts would later testify that had Karen been alive when she fell overboard, she would have fought to stay alive in the water and there wouldn't have been any air left in her clothing. So she was dead when she hit the water. Oh, God. Two days later, police arrested Scott when the star dancer sailed back to the port of Long Beach and he was held without bail for once at the federal prison on Terminal Island as the investigation continued. Karen's autopsy would reveal an egg-shaped lump on the front of her head from a fist or a blunt object And she also had bruises around her neck, which showed that she'd been manually strangled. That's hot. Yeah. This guy's a fucking psycho, isn't he? Is he, like, all drugged up on steroids or something? No. I just think he could get... He thought that he could just get away with anything, I think. I think just angry about cake. Mm. So over a dessert. How stupid. And also, I don't hear of many gusts of wind strangling people with their hands and punching Mm -mm. people in the face. No. So this proved that Scott's gust of wind story was total bullshit. (gasps) I just don't think we should rule it out, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, they looked at Karen's wedding ring, which was like a pear-shaped, which if you was trying to fight someone off, punch someone, scratch someone, it could leave a triangle-shaped yep. cut in your face. That's the first thing I thought when you said triangle. I was like, that's a ring. Mm. Mm. Once Scott was in custody, he produced a most bizarre explanation of Karen's death. Oh, of course he fucking did. Saying that an Israeli agent had killed his wife because he had published a book of government crime in Israel the year before. The book was titled Nightmare in Israel and he paid uh, like a vantage press to publish it in early 1987. In 1978, Scott and his parents had emigrated to Israel and where he'd opened an unlicensed chiropractic clinic. In late 1979, he spent more than two months in jail and in a mental hospital where he claimed to have been drugged and brutalised. He says the the mafia targeted him because he refused to marry a neighbor's niece while in Israel, according to him, and he apparently had turned down bribes to do so. Right after the book was published, sheriffs of Palm Beach County, Florida, received a report from Scott's parents about an attempt to kidnap him outside a shopping mall. According to Scott, the two Israelis in a white van, grabbed him and proclaimed in Hebrew, Israel wants you. Scott said he broke free and shot one of his would-be captors before speeding away in his vehicle, which all sounds a little bit too heroic and bullshitty to me as well. Oh, it's just a bit weird, isn't it? A bit far-fetched. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm extraordinarily confused. Yeah, well, this apparently, yeah. So he said that he's saying that Israeli, the Israeli mafia are after him. Because before he met Karen, he wrote a book about the government and the crime and stuff. Okay. And just after he he published the book, that apparently someone tried to kidnap him. Right. 
okay. and then he came and then he um then he met Karen and married her and everything. This was all before pre Karen. This guy's mental. Yeah. Scott said there were two Israeli passengers on the boat and one was very, very suspicious because he kept taking photos. What, like a tourist? Yes. <laughs> Bastard. But they're Israeli, so it makes them suspicious. 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 The trial began in late February 1989, and his defence was based on Karen being murdered by Israeli men, with Scott being framed. I mean, framings happen, but... They do. You know, doesn't sound like it in this case. I mean, the whole story is bizarre, right? But you can't explain the scratches on his face and the ring-shaped triangle. Yeah. Surely. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Can he? Can he explain it? No. Well, that's his defence. He's nothing apart from that. Right, okay. In its rebuttal case, the prosecution surprised Scott by bringing to the stand Morris Haziza, one of the two Israeli passengers... He testified that he was not a secret agent for the Israeli government. But a secret agent would say that. Yes. I was going to say, even if he was, he wouldn't, t- he wouldn't tell. Yeah. I'm a secret agent, but no, I'm not a secret anymore, so I'm just an agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he wasn't a secret agent, but a wedding photographer on vacation. He and his travelling companion, Emil Yaron had visited Disneyland and Universal Studios before embarking on the Mexico well, he cruise. Was silly. You should have done a Disney cruise. You could have done oh, yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure next time he'd do that instead. <laughs> so, uh, before embarking on the Mexico cruise to complete their vacation after photographing the wedding of a friend. So the jury was pretty unimpressed with the espionage defence and found Scott guilty of second-degree murder on the high seas. Good. Yeah. The United States District Judge James Eidman sentenced Scott to life in prison without parole and he observed that, that he said, quote, this is one of the cruelest crimes this court has ever seen in its court and I hope that the defendant will never be released. And he also observes that he'd never seen a case in which a honeymoon ended in such a chilling and heartless manner. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Over a dessert, right? Yeah. Just exactly. Over a fucking dessert. But you can see what type of husband he was going to be. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. controlling. She wouldn't have been able to do anything. And, yeah. she, and she wasn't. It just didn't last as long as usually on my, on my stories. I tried to Google what he's doing now. It doesn't look like he's dead. He looks like he's still in prison. He has tried to, to appeal his sentence multiple times, but he's still in prison from what I can see. Good. He can rot. So, yeah, for once, actually, they stay in prison and don't get out and kill a load of other people. So at least there's that. And um, in the docuseries that I was looking at, um, that I was watching, uh, Karen's mum, was so lovely and she gave her her side of the story and everything and she just uh was just really sweet little lady so mm. it's just really sad yeah, to see that hard. sadness it's always horrible to see the family and just the, that that look that they all seem to have when something like this happens but yeah that was my story of murder on the high seas well thank you well, thanks Bex I think <laughs> 
I'm just making you aware. You know, anxiety and stuff. Now you have anxiety over a cruise ship that you'll never go on. Oh, I don't know if I could go on a cruise ship. I'm not a very good sailor. Although, Emma, they're not asking you to, to, like, sail it. No, I mean, I'm not... (laughs) I'm not not very good on a boat. Not good. I get quite seasick. No, but now, after eight months of being dizzy, maybe I do. Maybe. I find if you eat, if you're full, when you're on there, you don't feel sick. If you're hungry or a little bit hungry, you feel really ill. That's the secret. First stop, fill your tummy. Second stop, lay down. And then you should be golden. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, there we are. That's the that's the one. <laughs> Cheers for that, Bex. Yeah. Shall we talk about our social media? Let's talk about our social media. What would you like us to say? Well, we've got a really fun Facebook page, okay? It's called Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. Just type that in. Our logo appears. Join. Please do. We we talk, you know, you talk to us, we talk back, we're polite. And, uh, yeah, we want you on our Facebook page. If you don't want to join Facebook, because there's a whole thing about Facebook at the minute, you know, not a lot of people into the Facebook. We're also on Twitter. Uh, what's our Twitter, Tash? I can't remember. It's SCSK underscore podcast. That is also our um, TikTok and our Instagram page as well. Yeah, we need some love on TikTok. Like, I think it's pathetic. We've got like eight followers or something. Just give us some love. Give us some love. Because we're needy. Yeah, we need validation. Please. Now, honestly, this is a lot of hard work. And just recognise it. Recognise it and appreciate it, please, people. Absolutely. And uh, Bex Bex is in charge of emails. So if you have a weird story, a murder story, a ghost story, just something you want to email in, email us. That's what we're here for. Yeah. And the email address is chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. So, yeah, that'd be great. The biggest favour you can do us is to tell your friends and family about us. If you think, you know, I've got a mate that might dig this podcast, talk about us, share us on your social medias. Yeah, that's the biggest. And and also uh, rate, subscribe and review. I hate saying that. Yeah, but if, yeah, if you, if, if you review and, um, and uh, rate us on things like Apple Podcasts and stuff. It makes our makes our podcast more visible, visible. to other people that yep. haven't heard of us yet. So it'd be awesome help. It would. It like yeah. It it we show up more because at the minute, unless you actually type us in, we probably don't show up. Nah. So that'd be please awesome. Please help us. Help that'd be awesome. Please <laughs> help us. Help us. <laughs> anyway so it's nice talking to you ladies and you thank you for coming (laughs) (laughs) you're very well thanks for having me anytime (laughs) well it's been a pleasure as always thanks for listening keep it safe don't go on cruises (laughs) (laughs) and keep it weird Bye. Bye. Bye.